As I said, let's, uh, let's continue on our, on our conversation of, uh, of the three houses. We, uh, we, we know at this point in time we, we've covered this. This is so important. This, this, needs, to be, this needs to be known. Uh, I, I think that we not only need to know this, I, I, I'm praying that the Lord would, would stir our hearts with revelation uh, that we would that we would know on, a, on like a deeper level, that we'd know deep down inside of us that, that God's house used to be a house of wood and stone and precious metals, but that now it is a house of flesh and blood who have put their faith and trust in Jesus and have come together, assembled together uh, in unity, that, that now... We are God's house. You are God's house. The, the, the family in Christ, God's house. And the church family in Christ is God's, God's house. So I am God's house because I have trusted Him as Savior and Lord. And, and my family, Joy and I and our children, the believing family, this is God's house and we, the church, are God's house. And it is in Matthew 21 that Jesus comes in to, to the temple that was, that was wood and stone and precious metals made by man under the old covenant and declares, as he, as he clears it out, he declares that, that you know, my house. This isn't what my house is for. It's it's not for all this other th- stuff that's going on. He says about his house. He says, "My house is to be a house of prayer. My house will be called a house of prayer." And so, so in the new covenant, if that was true of the old covenant, what whatever's kind of true of the old covenant in the new covenant is is so much more perfected and bigger and and better that we now are. A house of God not made by human hands, but made by His hands. We, we need this revelation. So important that we know that, that this is God's house, that He made it, that He bought it, that I'm, not, that I'm not my own, that I'm His, and that His house is to be a house of prayer. That, that, this, that this family is... It's under my care, but it's not really my family. This is God's family. It's his house. He made it. He brought it together. And it is to be a house of prayer. And yes, I may be the pastor of this church, but it is not my church. It's his church. It's his house. He made it. He brought it together. And we are to be a house of prayer. We are to, we are to, I am to be a house of prayer my family a house of prayer, and we together a house of prayer. So, so we, we have clarity when it comes to our identity. I am not my own. I'm God's. He built me. He bought me. He owns me. I'm His. And, and, and from the believer, we say, thank you, God. Praise your holy name for this. I make a mess of me when I try to own me. But when I allow God to rule and reign and lead, then He leads me on the paths of abundant life and eternal life. And those are the paths that I want to go down. 
And not only do we get clarity on our identity, but we get clarity on our purpose. Why are houses of prayer not praying? God's, God, has, God has said, you know, maybe some things are mysterious. This one is not. There's incredible clarity here. We are his house. His house is a house of prayer. So we are to be praying. Um, and I'm as convicted about it, hopefully, as you are. I, I hope you're convicted about it. You know, unless you're, unless you're knocking it out of the park, then you don't have to be convicted about it. I'm not exactly knocking it out of the park, so I'm convicted about it. But conviction's good. It's not a bad thing, right? God, God disciplines those he loves. He wants, if he, if he wants to, for us to have a, a course correction, then he comes and he brings discipline and correction and, and conviction and all those things are good because he's moving us in the direction that is good for his glory and good for our abundant life and good for the abundant life of others. So we're thankful for all that God is doing. Uh, we're thankful for how he is leading and, and I believe Hope and pray that this is God stirring His people to pray. Because one of the things I think we need to do, we need to recapture, return to, rebuild, is houses of prayer. Don't you think for a moment that, you know, hopefully, hopefully as believers, there's a passion that stirs within us for the glory of God. And God's name is exalted and glorified when we pray. And hopefully as believers, there's a passion that stirs within us for, for, the abundant, for abundant life for ourselves. Um, we want to live in what Jesus came for us to live in and for abundant life for others, for abundant life for our families, abundant life for our churches. Hopefully there's a passion for family within the life of the believer. I, I, know, I know I'm certainly very fond of mine, Maybe even passionate. Like, I just want to be together with my family. You know, I was gone all last week. I left Monday, uh, and about Monday night, all I wanted to do was come home. Because I was missing my family. We, we, hopefully there's passion for our families. Hopefully there's passion for the church. I, I believe that among the believers, there is still passion for the family I, I'm concerned about the church. Why? I don't understand. I don't understand the lack of passion for the church. Where is it? This is God's house. Jesus said, we're, we're Jesus' disciples. I'm preaching to the choir here, but maybe somebody will listen out there. And, you know, every now and then it, and it encourages us as well. One of the things I love about each and every one of you and I'm thankful for uh, in your life is your passion for the church. And we need that and we can't allow the enemy to rob us of it and many Christians don't have it. There's not a, not a passion for God's house, but there should be, right? Because one of the things that Jesus was known for was that he was consumed with zeal for his father's house. We need this, we need this passion and and, and hopefully, I, mean, I think this is right, shouldn't we have a passion for our country? Shouldn't there also stir within us a, a desire and a passion for our America? And, and one of the things, 
Our America's not what it ought to be right now. It's not headed in the direction that it ought to head in. You, you look out across our nation from sea to shining, shining sea, and people are not walking in freedom and abundant life. But, but we still live in the nation that's, that its motto is, in God we trust. And, and I love our America. I love the United States of America. And, uh, and I think one of the, one of the things that, has, that we've departed from that is a reason for our troubles and our distress is prayer. They, they kicked prayer out of school that, that, you know, you like go back and, and watch what happened. They kicked prayer out of school and the Word of God out of school. And now we're trying to kick God out of our nation. Heaven help us. And I think heaven can. The, so, so I'm just saying the enemy is against the family. The enemy is against the church. The enemy is against our nation. What are we to do? Well, I got an idea. It's Pray. You say, I don't know, Pastor. I don't know if that's the work. Well, you know, I, I can agree with you in a, in a point if I'm thinking of things from a worldly point of view. Right? But we've departed from that. God's ways and thoughts are not our ways and thoughts. His are higher and better and different. And, and one of those that, that, that is His is prayer. And he said, he said of His church, He said of His people, uh, He said of 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 the gathering together of his people, that that's his house, and his house is to pray. If you go look in the book of Acts, you will find a, a church that, that was birthed into a time and a culture that was completely turned away from the Lord. And, and what you'll find is that through the book of Acts, things began to shift and turn. And people began to say of the church, these people who have turned the world upside down have now come here. That the church was shifting and moving and turning things. And it's only the church that's going to shift and move and turn things. But the church can shift and move and turn things. You know, many Christians are... are, are are wondering, what can I do for the family? What can I do for America? But they're not, they're not part of the church. One of the best things you can do is get together with the church. Be together as the church because it's the church that's going to shift things. It's the church that's going to turn things. And if you, if you look in the book of Acts, one of the things that you will clearly see about the church is that they were praying and that they were praying together. And as houses of prayer, uh, we need to be praying and we need to be praying together. Now we've learned that we need to be, we need to be uh, praying full of faith, believing, and we need to be praying together. And that when we're praying, believing, and we're praying together, that things move, that things shift. I don't want to go back I kind of want to, but, you know, I won't. <laughs> Go back and listen. That when we're praying together, things move and shift. And when we're praying in faith, things move and shift. And, and, and you know, maybe those two things 
need to also be recaptured. You know, I, I think one of the things that many people struggle with when they pray is they're praying in doubt. They, they don't, they're like, you know, I don't know. I don't, should I, is prayer really going to do anything? Is it really going to make a difference? You, you want us to pray for our nation? Is that really going to help? I don't, see, see to me that doesn't sound like praying in faith. We've got to believe that when we pray, the prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective and God hears and God moves. If we don't believe, then we won't pray. But if faith arises within us and we believe, I can say to that mountain, move, and it'll go throw itself into the sea, then, then we begin to pray. So we, we've, got to, we've got to, you know, if, if you will, Maybe rebuild the house of prayer. We need to, we need to, we need to do the work of, of praying. Um, so, you know, in order to help us understand this, I, I want us to go to the book of Nehemiah. We'll go to Nehemiah chapter 1, uh, start at verse 1, and, and let's just look. And be reminded of now. Now Nehemiah, if you remember, uh, is is in a time where Nebuchadnezzar has, you know, king of Babylon has come to Jerusalem and he destroyed the wall and the temple, and the city is in the city is in ruins, and the people there are in great trouble and disgrace. Now, and and then he took exiles out of there. You, you know, Daniel. And uh, Hananiah, Azariah, Mishael, and, and, and many other exiles were, were taken out of there. And they, they were in Babylon, and, and, and now time has passed, and people have, you know, they had, have had children, and a generation has grown up there. Nehemiah has probably maybe even never been to Jerusalem. He's just heard uh, the tales, the stories, and, and stirring within him. You know, you know probably you've you got to believe that the Lord's stirring it in him, uh, is a love for the city of God. It's a love for uh, Jerusalem. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of the backdrop here. And then, and then we get, in, get into Nehemiah uh, verse 1. And I, I, you probably be very familiar with this, but, but let's read this. He says, the, uh, the words of Nehemiah, son of, uh, of Hekeliah, uh, in the month of Kislev, in the 12th year. So, so it gives times here, which are very important because this, this reminds us that this is actually an historical event. Uh, in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hanani, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant uh, that had survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. He's concerned about this, so he's questioning them about it, and th- so, so now they're going to answer. They said to me, uh, those... Uh, who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned uh, with fire. When he heard these things, he, he sat down and wept. Uh, he's disturbed by this you know, because he's, he's got a love and a passion for Jerusalem, for Judah, for God's people, God's, God's city. And, and when he hears that they're in great trouble and disgrace, that burdens him and troubles him. You know, I think that we need to, to look out on the family, on the church, on our America, on our children, our youth. Our children and our youth are in trouble. 
They, they are. They're in trouble and, and disgrace. Our, our families are. Our nation is. I'm not, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to preach any. I don't want you to get down. You know, I mean, I know we're down enough. This is, this is to, uh, you know, we're coming through this pandemic, and we look at the condition of our America, and now there's war going on uh, in the nations. Jesus said that these things are going to happen. He said, he said, don't be troubled by it. Okay, he's with us, God is with us, and he's stirring us, leading us, directing us on, on what to do. And a major part of that is full of faith and unity to pray. Now, the Lord is, is so that encourages me that, man, we've got some direction on what we can do here. Uh, so Nehemiah's He's weeping here because he's not exactly sure what to do yet. But he knows something needs to be done. Right? Something needs to be done. Nehemiah, this, this man of God, doesn't want to sit around and just do nothing. And, and it's, not, it's not necessarily good to do something even though it's wrong. There's a lot of that going on. We don't need to do that. It may be, it may be better to do nothing than to do something even though it's wrong. But better than doing nothing is to do something. And there is a powerful something that we can do, and it's to pray. Nehemiah sits and weeps, and for some days mourns and fasts and prays. Prays to the God of heaven. See, he's praying. First he starts in praying. Praying, asking what the Lord would have him to do, and then, and then the Lord begins to stir in his heart what to do. It's to, it's to, go, to go to Jerusalem and rebuild the city, to rebuild the wall. And not only is the Lord stirring during these times for the rebuilding of the wall, but, but also for the rebuilding of the temple. That was also destroyed. Now if you go to uh, the, the next chapter, Nehemiah 2, uh, verse 1, it says this, that, uh, that in the month of Nisan, in the, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was being brought to him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. Uh, I had not been sad in his presence before, because uh, so he's the cupbearer to the king. Uh, so the king asked me, why does your face look so sad uh, when you're not ill? You know, you weren't allowed to be sad in the presence of the king. So he's taking a real chance here. He says, this can only, this can be nothing but sadness of heart, Nehemiah says he was very afraid. So, so he's not, I, I don't think Nehemiah is acting here, acting sad to try to get the king's attention. He is troubled and saddened because the walls are broken down. The people are in great trouble and distress. There's, there's, there, is, there is an actual burden that has laid upon him that he is carrying because he wants to do something about it. And, and now he's, he's beginning to get some direction on what to do about it. But, but anyway, he was very much afraid. Why? Because you, you're not allowed to be sad in the king's presence. You know, you can read history, not a good thing to do. Uh, people have lost their lives and positions for, for things like this. So, uh, going on. But, but I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? And the king said to me, uh, what is it that you want? 
And then I prayed to, to the God of heaven. Uh, so, so Nehemiah, while he's, while he's talking, is praying. And, and answered the king, If it please the king, and if your servants have found favor in his sight, uh, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. Nehemiah says, I, I wanna, here's what I want to do. Uh, I want to, there, there, is, there is needed a rebuilding of this city, a rebuilding of the wall. Now let me go, send me, I'll do it. I'll go and do the work of rebuilding uh, that, that wall. And, uh, and, he, and he has great favor uh, with the king. Uh, so the king um, allows him to go and, and equips Nehemiah to go. So Nehemiah goes, and, and when he gets there, uh, first thing that Nehemiah does is he, is he, uh, is he you know, gets a horse and he goes and he rides around the wall and he, and he begins to, to take in the damage and come up with a plan and a strategy for, for rebuilding uh, the wall. So here in just a moment, uh, we're, we're, you know, we're talking about uh, building a house of prayer. So here in just a moment, we'll, we'll look at some strategies some blueprints, if you will, uh, for building a house of prayer, and, and we'll we'll start with the with the family unit, and and recognize that that these same things are true of the church, right? If you're going to build a house, first thing you need is a blueprint. First thing you need is a plan. Um, so so we'll get a plan. So Nehemiah, first thing he does is he he rides out to get to get a plan, uh, and then uh, in verse what is it, fifteen? Scott, is it verse fifteen? Yeah, so, uh, so, uh, so he, he rides out, he, he looks, he examines the walls, and finally I turned and turned back and re-entered through the valley gate. The officials did not know where I had gone or what I was doing because as yet I had said nothing to the Jews or the priests or the nobles or the officials or any others who would be doing the work. So he's got all these... So, so Nehemiah's not gonna, he, he's not going to go do this himself. There are all these others who are going to be doing the work. And, and there is, I've been hesitant to say this because I, I don't know, you know, that I love the, exactly the word work, but it, but it is, I think, an okay word. There is a, a major part of prayer that is work. It is the work of praying. And, and, and Nehemiah you know, recognizes that, that if things are going to be rebuilt, that it's not only going to be him that's doing the work, but there's others that have to do the work. And so so I, I hope and pray that, that as the Lord had already begun to stir the hearts of the people to do the work, that the Lord right now is stirring the hearts of his people to do the work of praying. Verse 17, Then I said to them, uh, you see the trouble we are in. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, you guys see it. Right? Yeah, I don't have to point it out for you. We're in trouble. He said, Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates are burned with fire. He says, hey, we're, we're in trouble. Here's, here's why. The, the wall's down. The gate's down. Jerusalem lies in ruins. The, temples, the temple needs rebuilt. The wall needs rebuilt. We got to go to work on this thing. I don't, I don't know if everybody recognizes it or not. But everything isn't okay. We are in trouble. And I don't want to, again, 
I'm not a fear person. I don't move in that or live in that or operate it. And when somebody, somebody speaks something that starts to stir that up in me, I don't like it. I'm not a fear person. I'm not afraid. I'm not overwhelmed or dismayed. But, but we do need to recognize that we are in trouble and there is work that needs to be done. And much of that work is to pray. And somebody's got somebody's to rise up and do the work. We are in trouble and, and, and I think maybe all these people were like, man, we're in trouble. We don't know exactly what to do. So Nehemiah comes and brings clarity to the situation and says, here's what we're going to do. And I believe the Lord is stirring up our hearts that here's, here's what we're going to do. We're, it's not the only work that there is, but we're going to pray. I mean, there, there's also the work of proclaiming the gospel of Jesus' name. And, and prayer is such a valuable and important part of that. He says, he says, come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, and we will no longer be in disgrace. Now, you weigh this out how you will, but I'm saying, I'm saying this hits me like, come on, let's pray. Come on. We, we look, and we recognize we're in trouble, and, 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 and the family's torn apart, and the church is torn apart, and our nation is torn apart, and our children are in trouble, our young people are in trouble, and, and disgrace and so, so come on, let's do something. And the something that let's do is, is to pray. Let's pray and we'll no longer be in disgrace. So, so then the, the people respond. So I also told them about the gracious hand of God upon me and what the king had said to me. So, so God is with us, his hand is upon us. We are not alone. Uh, he is the mighty warrior, and we under him are mighty warriors, and he is with us, and he is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. So he tells them of, of God with them, and, and God is with us, and his promises for us are yes and amen. Yes, yes, he, he is with us through the valley of the shadow of death. And yes, we fear no evil because of that. And yes, he does prepare for us a table right in the presence of our enemies. And yes, surely goodness and mercy will be round about us and go before us and follow us all the days of our lives. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord as houses of the Lord forever. Not be terrified. We're not terrified. We're not afraid. We're not overwhelmed. We're moved. We're stirred. We want to do something. And that something is to, is to pray. And what the king had said to me, they replied, let's do it. Let's start rebuilding. So they began this good work. I love that line. This is a good, this is a good work. This work that God has called us to it is a good work. The work of prayer is a powerful work, an effective work, a good work. It's, it's not a waste of time. It is, it is a good, right thing to do. So, so then, I'm not going to read it, but you can read right after this, verse 19, right after this, enemy opposition. Enemy op so that's going to come, but, but so what? Who cares? He is, our enemy is nothing compared to our God. 
In, you read the book of Revelation, God doesn't even deal with them. He just sends angels to. Go deal. God, he's nothing to our God, and we are in Christ. You know, we're not worried about that. We're going to pray. Say, I start to pray, the enemy's going to come against me. You know, if you don't pray, the enemy's going to come against you. When you pray, you'll be victorious when he does. Uh, so, so then I, I wanted to read this, this one to you as well because I love it. Like one of my favorite verses uh, in Scripture uh, is, uh, is Nehemiah 4.6. So, so they go to work doing this, and uh, Nehemiah 4.6. And, and there's all kinds of enemy opposition, but they keep right on working, keep right on praying. So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height. For the people worked with all their heart. They, they go to work. They go to work. They don't hold anything back. They go to work with all their heart. I, I, love, I, love how, I love how the people, all of them together, are viewed as one. It's, it's, their, it's, not, it's not they worked with all their hearts, like individual hearts working. It was a collective, everyone working with all of their hearts communicated as just one. This is one people working with all their heart. One people working rebuilds the wall to half its height. So, so we, I'm, I'm, I'm asking and, and praying, Lord, stir us to pray and to pray with one heart, to pray in unity, to pray togetherness, and to hold nothing back and pray with all of it. And when they did, things begin to shift and change and the walls rebuilt and until, it, until it reaches half of its height. So, so I already said I'd like for us to pray together uh, this morning. So uh, forgive me for, for uh, moving quickly here, but just let me, just let me give us some blueprint here. We, we know this is the work that we're to do. There is the work of praying and, and, and it is a work that we to do and, and we've got to do it with faith and we've got to do it with unity and it will change things. Um, so, so let's talk about a blueprint here for a praying, praying family. And, uh, and, and, and we're going to do more of this next Sunday, whether it's, uh, whether it's Joy or, or myself. Um, we're going to do more of this because I'm, I'm not ready to lift up off of this yet. I don't know that God wants us to, to lift up off, off of this yet because it, it's got to be more than informational. It's... It's got to be revelation that stirs our hearts to where, to where we actually begin to do the work. We, it, it's got to be more than just like knowing. There's, there's got to be action that takes place. We've got we've to begin to do the work. And I'm dropping the ball on this myself, okay? And I'm praying the Lord stir me and lead me and help me to do better. Okay, so, so, so first, if there's going to be, let's just look at the family and we'll just... We'll just say that everything we're going to talk about the family here will just roll over into the church family as well. First, there is the, the work of, of, uh, of individually praying. All right, we, need to, we need to individually pray. This house of prayer that is Jason needs to be a house of prayer. You know what I mean by Jason. This is God's house, but you know what I mean. It needs to be a house of prayer. So, so, one, I need to be, uh, we, we've talked a good bit about this, there, there needs to be the secret place. I need to be on my own, slipping away as often as I can, every day would be great, into the secret place, 
and praying, time alone, me and God, TV's gone, the cell phone laid down, you know, unless you need some music going or something like that. I'm not trying to give you legalistic rules on it. Do what works for you, but, but, but you alone with the Lord where you can walk and talk with Him and hear from Him and, and pray uh, to Him. That needs to be taking place. You know, Scripture for that, Matthew 6, Jesus teaches us to do that. Jesus modeled doing that. Um, second, secondly, is on, the, on that individual basis, is that, is that not only we, do we need to have that specific set-apart praying time, but we need to, we need to pray continually. Um, you know what I mean by that? To all throughout my day, I'm, I'm in conversation and in prayer with the Lord. I'm, he's my thoughts, meditations, prayers, songs. I'm listening and speaking. I need to be all throughout my day continually in prayer. Pray continually. We need to be people who are and, and, and we and we need to we need to not let that's so important that prayer continually, but we need to not allow that to take the place of the secret place. We need like a devoted time where we're where we're praying. But then when we're driving to work and when we're driving home and when we're working at our jobs, most of us have been doing our jobs so long that we can do them in our sleep. And we can, you know, you know, when I when I was working more at the cabinet shop, I've been building cabinets so long, I didn't have to think about it. And I could be praying and building cabinets. Now, every now and then, I would get so into my prayers that I might would mess up a cabinet. But, but that's okay, right? You can go back and fix that stuff. We need, we need to be praying. I, I, I love that movie, The Fiddler on the Roof. Uh, because all throughout the movie, I can't remember the main character's name. Anyway, all throughout the movie, he's praying. Like everywhere he goes, everything he does, he's, he's talking with God, you know? And, and then every, every now and then, you know, God would, something would take place and he'd, he'd look at God like, really? You know, like, you couldn't do something about that? You know, but it's kind of cool because all the time he's praying. We need to pray in the secret place and then we need to be praying uh, continually. And, and then, again here on the, on the, on the individual basis, if we're, if we're talking about my family, me, I need, to be, I need to be in the secret place praying. I'm not going to give you a time limit on that. You know, start with five minutes or so and let it go. If it, if it goes longer, fine. If it's, you know, I'm not going to give you all kinds of rules. I don't think Jesus did. He just said, go do it. Um, I need to be in continual prayer. Always, always my meditation, always talking with the Lord, listening to Him. And then as a family, I need to be praying for my family. And, and some of that can happen in the secret place and in your, in your time, uh, walking and, and talking and throughout your day. I need to be, I need to be uh, covering my wife in prayer and calling on the Lord for my wife and praying over her. I need to be praying uh, for my children, calling on the Lord for them. Uh, Paul says, uh, you know, when he, when he speaks to us in Ephesians 6 about the armor, at the end of that, he, he, he then goes into praying and he says, pray, pray all the time, pray on every occasion. He says, pray in the Spirit on every occasion. And then he says, pray for one another. And then he says, and pray for me. And he even gives direction on how we are to pray. We need to, I need to be praying over Elizabeth and, and praying over Jude and praying over Lydia. 
right? So I'm praying, secret place, praying continually, praying over my family, and then there needs to be the praying together. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of good at those other ones. Not, I'm not saying good at them. I'm, I'm maybe doing those. I need to ramp it up when it comes, when it comes to praying together. We do pray together. I'd, I'd like for us to pray together more. Where we gather together and we pray together. And, you know, sometimes how we'll do it as a family is I'll read a scripture and then and, and we'll talk about that scripture a little bit and then Lydia will pray and Jude will pray. We just go youngest to oldest and uh, Elizabeth will pray. You can mix it up if you want. You can go alphabetical order. Youngest, to, I don't, I'm not giving rules. Just Let's find a way to come together and pray. Elizabeth will pray, and, and Joy will pray, and then I'll pray, pray together, and, and we need to do it more. We need families to do this, right? And then, I, I think you get that idea, and, I, and I'll, tell you, I'll tell you, when those kids pray, we need to set our kids free to pray. We need to encourage them to pray. I've told you this before. I'll tell you again. Jesus said in Matthew 21, he quoted Psalm 8. Psalm 8 says that our, there's an anointing on the prayer and praise of our children to silence the foe and the avenger to shut the enemy's mouth. He, his mouth is way too open and way too loud and leading far too many astray. And there's an anointing on our children to just stop him and silence him. And when the liar's mouth is shut, what else does he have? This is our enemy's weapon. It's, it's lies. It's deception. If it's, if, it's, if it's tape shut with duct tape, the prayers and praise of our kids, what other weapon does he have? You, you know, I don't want to downplay your prayers either, okay? In Matthew 18, Jesus said that when he answered the question, the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, he said, you got to change and become like a little child. So we can change and become like little children, and believe, and, and get together, and approach Jesus, and, 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 and have that same anointing on our lives and on our prayers to shut the mouth of the enemy, to silence the foe and the avenger. Again, the liar's mouth is shut. What else does he have? When we pray, when we praise, we need to set our kids free to pray. We need to pray uh, together. So, you know, all of this translates over into the church, right, as well. So then, so then what I also need to happen in my family and in the church is not only for me to do this, but for Joy to do this, right? I need Joy in the secret place. I need her walking throughout the day, praying, continually praying. I need her praying over me. I need her praying over our children, and then I need not only that to take place, I need Elizabeth to get this, and Jude to get this, and Lydia to get this. Now they're younger, so we work with them, right? But, but we're all doing this, and then we're gathering together in prayer. So, so part of my role, as a, as, especially as a husband and a father, is to, is to make sure that this is happening to make sure that this takes place, to encourage it, and even develop my, my, my wife doesn't need much in it. She, she's better at this than I am. But my children develop them, and, and you know, Elizabeth is growing in this, and, 
as, as well, but you understand what I'm saying, to, to lead the way in, in developing this so that we are all praying and we're all praying together. And, and th- we need this then to happen in the church as well. Now can you, where, where we're all as saints praying, we're all going to the secret place and we're all walking in prayer, continually in prayer and, and we're all praying for one another. This needs to happen. We need to pray for one another and, and pray for the pastor and uh, who, by the way, is me if you didn't know. Uh, pray over one another and then come together and pray. And, and just imagine this. We, if we see that begin to happen and, and then that's also happening on the family level. And you got families that are praying and praying together and then coming together as a church and praying together and everyone's praying and praying for one another and praying with one another. It's not really that complicated. But it is a work to do. And if we do it, if we will with one heart do it, and not only our church, but we'll see this and, and, and there's a power in prayer, to reach beyond us and Greenville, like we could begin to call on God for our nation, that he begin to move and stir these things in husbands and wives and fathers and pastors and church leaders, to where families are praying together and churches are praying together. And we all know the saying, family that prays together stays together. A house united, not divided, can, can stand against the attacks of the enemy. Now, now uh, let me give you one key to this. And as I do, if, if, you're, you know, if you're willing and you feel good, let's just come up together. We're just going to pray together, and then we'll end. Everyone just can gather. I'm not going to make you stand very long. And Joy can, your beautiful wife, can... Just begin to play just a little bit of something. Uh, this is not like an altar call um, for an individual. This is an altar call for all of us. Just coming all coming all together and and uh, yeah, and, and we can fill in the gaps so that we're a little bit more more together. Miss Margaret, you can absolutely sit here if you need. This is. Praise Jesus. We'll just, we'll, just, we'll just pray together. But let me, let me give you a help to this. Uh, here's, here's kind of the hindrance. The hindrance to this is the thing maybe that comes against it more than anything else is that everything else comes first. And, and we think we, we can just bump prayer. We can bump it. You know, I got, I got to do this. 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 Let me encourage you to flip that. God's kingdom is a it's, a, it's interesting, it's a kingdom of firsts. And, and when we get things first, he says, then he lines up the other things. Isn't that, isn't that Matthew 6, 33? Seek what? First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things are going to be lined up. All these other things are going to be added together. Isn't it, isn't it interesting that, that Sunday is the first day of the week? That we come and we... I guarantee you come and you give your first day. I know you guys do it. 
You come and give your first day to the Lord, he's going to help you with all the other days. One of the troubles a lot of people are having is, is they miss the first day, and, and all the other days don't lay, lie out, lay, lay out right. Isn't it interesting that, uh, that Proverbs 3, when, when it talks about giving, says, says to bring your first fruits to the Lord. It's, it's that we take, you know, we want all of our finances blessed, so we take that first part and we give it to God. There's, there's, a, lot, there's a lot about first. And, and if we'll put prayer first and make that a priority, it's going to help all these other things to, to lay out, to, to line up. Uh, so let's pray together this morning. Maybe if you will, you can reach out and, and lay a hand on one another. In just a, in just a one-heart connection. And I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to lead us. But as I pray, just we're praying together here. And, and as I pray, just pray over one another. Lord, we are we're ending our time together this morning just, just praying together. Lord, I just I pray all I pray over all of these saints here. Just your blessing. Uh, your protection, Lord. That you'd fill them with the Holy Spirit and, and would lead and guide them. That you'd stir their hearts, give them, give them wisdom and priorities. Help them to, in all they do, to put you first. To, to Sunday first, to give first, to, to pray first to seek you first. Lord, we pray not only for our church, but, but for churches everywhere that, that there'd be a shift and a change and, and you'd stop being third and fourth and fifth on the list and, and you and your kingdom and, and your ways would be first in our lives. That we would be a people that pray first and, and, then, and then allow you to let the other things line up. Lord, as we're gathered here uh, together, uh, we pray together for our families. We pray, Lord, that you'd protect our families, that you'd unite our families, that you'd reveal to each and every household that they're your house, and your house is to be a house of prayer. I pray that you'd stir up mom and dad to lead the way in this. Lord, I pray for our church. Lord, Lord we know, we, we look out and we see the trouble and the distress. I pray for our church, Lord. Lord, don't let this just, don't let this go away. Don't, don't let us pass by this. Don't let us just be a good series or informational, Lord. Let something shift and change that, that we'll go to work and do the work of building this house that's your house into a house of prayer. We pray in Jesus' name. Let us lead the way in this if we have to, Lord. We know that we're connected with many other churches, and we pray that, that they would go to work to become houses of prayer. Lord, that the family would begin to pray together over one another, for one another, with one another, 
and that the church family would begin to pray together, Lord, over one another, for one another, with one another. We pray this in, in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we, we love our nation. We love our children and our youth. We love the family. The church gets a bad rap, but, but the for real saints are lovers of people everywhere. Red and yellow, black and white. Rich and poor, tall and short, male and female. We love them all, Lord, and, and we want to see them living in the abundant life that you have brought. So we pray for our America. We ask, Lord, that you'd, that you'd stir your people everywhere to pray for our America. Lord, that you'd rebuild some things that are lost. Lord, and that from sea to shining sea, we declare that we trust in you. And from sea to shining sea, prayer would be found again, discovered again. And there would be a crying out on you and a calling out on your name. And we would see revival come to the church and an awakening to our nation. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you really for this wonderful gift. And we pray that you'd fill us with the Holy Spirit and with power and that you'd lead us to pray and to pray together. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you all for uh, gathering together and praying uh, let's make prayer first. Let's pray and seek His face. Let's pray together and pray over one another. Uh, will you do it? Yes, amen. God bless. Uh, have a great day. It's a beautiful one, though. It's a little cold. Uh, and uh, pray, 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 pray. Amen. God bless.